This is Fam Electric Ghost, and we're live on the air with Aaron Hines, husband, father, author, and entrepreneur, health coaching and fitness business ownership. We're going to talk about that today. Welcome to the Fam Electric Ghost podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. Great day to be on the podcast. I want to thank you again for being on the show. I want to let our listeners know or viewers know that uh, you can see that icon up there says listen on uh, Newsly. We are a featured podcast on that platform. So for everybody watching today, if you use that coupon code, you can get one month free premium subscription to check that out. So you can listen to us on Newsly later today. And uh, we're actually at episode with the podcast. I believe we're at episode 982 with this episode getting closer to 1000 episodes that's tracking on Apple podcast. And I uh, want to let people know that also we have your website up, which is premierperformancetrainer.com. That will be fully clickable when we're published on all the platforms. So if people click on that, uh, what happens when they connect to that URL? So when they, when they pop up, they'll get a little bit um, more understanding about what who I am and what I do. Uh, you can also follow me at the top of the website there on Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube. I'm on YouTube, uh, mainly sharing uh, videos of client, clients working out or testimonial videos um, and all the social um, aspects of premier performance uh, training. Uh, but also um, on there, you'll find uh, the very bottom. And this is just kind of a story I share with. Um, just a, a nonprofit I support called the Eli Grove Foundation. Uh, that was just in uh, honor of one of the kids I used to train uh, who tragically passed away on his way home from workouts. So um, that's just something that I share with uh, all my clients and all my uh, kids that I work with. So just something a little extra on there for that. We do encourage our um, viewers to check out the URLs of the people of the of the guest on the show so you can get further information from what we talk about. And again, uh, we're going to talk about today is um, health coaching and fitness business ownership, which is like our primary topic, but we're going to go into some of the things you like to talk about uh, relating to this topic. So maybe uh, we can start with like, how did you get into the fitness industry? Yeah, so I started, um, so I'm uh, late 30s now. I started exercising uh, more intently when I was uh, 16 years old. So I kind of got an itch for um, working out in high school slightly. I wasn't really the, uh, wasn't really probably my favorite uh, with that, mm -hmm. but um, just met a guy who um, his son was on the football team I played on and um, he was um, former bodybuilder back in, I think the 80s back in um, Florida. So um, I saw his son was a freshman. He was a pretty big kid. And I was like, what is this guy doing? I was a junior. And so I was kind of like, I need to talk to this guy and figure out what he's been doing so I can uh, maybe uh, join that. Because, I mean, I was a decent athlete, but I wasn't very big and strong. I was probably 170. And I started working out. And I wanted to get bigger. Yeah. And, and by the end of my senior year, I ended up about 230. So big, big drastic change for that. So, um, that's kind of where I started back in probably 2002. And now I've been doing that for, you know, almost 21 years. That's Just awesome. working out and helping people. So, yeah, it's like, so, so when you get in um, the fitness industry uh, in terms of having your own business, what made you want to do that? What made you go from like wanting to get to a different fitness level? And then saying, hey, I want to be like a business owner in this area. Yeah, so I, I think for the, I mean, it was always a, a dream of owning my own business, but it really, really didn't happen until I got fired from my last job. You know, that, so that mm -hmm. was either a blessing in disguise or it was a sign to do something different. So um, it was, I, I tried a few other things outside of that and I thought, maybe I can do this. Maybe I can't, but I stuck it out uh, for uh, just renting from really as most probably start out is saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to train a bunch of people and make a bunch of money. Well, there's ebbs and flows of that. Right. So I started actually renting from a guy uh, at a small gym in town here and kind of uh, did three or four extra small jobs just to kind of make things uh, add up for as far as income goes. But um, I think that was, that was the biggest thing of starting. I mean, it kind of goes back to 2010. I always wanted to own my own gym when I was in grad school. 
And mm-hmm. I didn't really know what it took. I just knew that um, working in like corporate gyms off and on, I worked at a, um, a bodybuilding gym in Tallahassee, Florida in grad school. And I was like, this is kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool. You know, things I learned of what not to do running a business and what you could do better. Um, I didn't know everything, but I was just kind of where kind of piqued my interest um, from 2010. And I didn't mm-hmm. start my own business until 2000, I think it was 16. I think that's right. Yeah, I can do math right. I've been in business almost eight years. Um, mm-hmm. Just just kind of plugging away, finding the right people. Um, started out with two people training at a uh, apartment complex in town and kind of just went from there. Well, I think so, it's I mean, why I've talked to a, a lot little... of people who get to, you know, have, yeah. But I guess in terms of the entrepreneur kind of uh, story is a lot of people, they, they, they get thrown into it because, you know, they, they don't like their nine to five or their nine to five doesn't work out or, you know, what they thought they wanted to do as a profession really isn't a hard, hard, like interest. They're not, it, maybe they felt like they were had to do it. And then they really discovered that that's not really them, right? That's not who they are. And they kind of felt like, do you, can you love your job? I think that's a big thing where I found with a lot of people I talk to on the podcast who end up ha- having some, some, their, their, their own dream. Cause a lot of people are like, you know, they think they feel like, Oh, well, society wants me to work for this fortune 500 company. They want me to work for this small business. They, that's what you normally do, right? That's what most people don't want to take the responsibility or, or really feel that they can, they can, they have a limiting belief. They don't think they can do it. And then sometimes yeah. something happens chaotic or some kind of, uh, you know, crucible moment. And then suddenly you have like, Oh, I can try this. And so does that, does that, does that kind of fit what, what happened? Like you finally like, well, now I have an opportunity. Let me see if I can do this. Yeah. So that, I mean, that was kind of the, um, the kind of backtrack before, I mean, I was working at the local YMCA, like, you know, coming out of grad school, like, man, I'm, I'm going to conquer the world. Everything is going to be great. I'm going to get a good job. And it just didn't happen right away. So I worked at the Y. I was a health coach. You know, I wasn't working nine to five. I was working 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. Um, did that for three years. I left and then I was working kind of a corporate orthopedic gym. And it just got to be where it was like 5 a.m. to 8 p.m like Monday through Friday and it was kind of burnout, um, you know, what to do next. Mm. And so it was just kind of that, that was that kind of, do you want to go back to um, maybe the corporate uh, side of fitness or do you want to do your own thing? So I was just kind of took the jump from there and um, made it work. You know, there's a lot of things I learned along the way. We could talk about those things, but a lot of uh, mistakes and um, also things I learned that I could be better at too. So um, that's kind of where I, I started. So it was, well, the, I think a lot. The, yeah, the day I got fired was like, all right, it's time to yeah, do I mean, something different. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of times it's like, you know, the lesson learned. You know, I'm a software guy. And, um, you know, for fitness, I like mountain biking. I like cycling. So I, I, I don't, that's kind of like I don't build up. I kind of get to a lean state to be on the bike, to be able to go as far as I can. You know, it's a cyclist mindset. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of fitness. But, um, but, um, it, you know, what I, what I found is, you know, I wanted to, to have like a, a, a day job and then my dream. So my deep, my dream is, is, is creativity and music, but then my other job is like software development. And what I found is like, I, my software job was making me travel and then I couldn't, I couldn't ride my bike. I couldn't go mm-hmm. hiking. I had to be on planes and stuff. And I said, well, you know, that's not working. Cause then I can't really do what I like. And so I had to, I switched to a job where I was more remote. So now I can be in New Hampshire, be around all these trails, be all, you know, be able to hike. And because I, I can kind of set my time as a consultant, I decided well, I'm going to be a consultant and do that job and still be able to do my music. And so you kind of have to fit like, what do you really want to do and kind of map your life? It's like instead of your life kind of mapping you or the world mapping you, you got to take the reins and start to actually maybe think a little. And did you start to learn those lessons about how you can learn from whatever doesn't work and then make it work? You know, I think the, those things are like life lessons that help you in your business, right? 
Yeah, and it's like you you find the the good of what you want and the things that you don't want. You try to learn from um, the things you don't really want to do more of, so you do less of that. Hopefully, um, as I started, so it was like I don't want to work, yeah. you know, a ton of a ton of those hours, or I don't want to do this. So you find the good in it, and you try to get better at those things and the things you don't like. You try to, I would say, stay away from as much uh, for that. So uh, it. Took a yeah. while to learn that. Probably the last. The I mean, burnout. wasn't until the like burnout the last. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that was that's it too. So it's like you work um, five a.m. six days a week, and you do that for two years straight. I mean that's probably the start of every um, personal trainer's um, maybe not their dream, but it's like you just got to put in the work just, to get where you want to be. And yeah, and so. Some people don't realize that they want to say, I want to work, you know, eight to 12. I was like, well, that's not really ideal. Um, you're going to train when the clients are there. And usually the clients are there from at 5 a.m. Because they work, you know, maybe at eight to five. So you got to be there early, uh, work, work yes. out with them. And, yeah. And then you got to be there, after, you know, after. So you may be that, uh, you know, 5 a.m. to eight o'clock. And then you may have a, a huge break from like eight to two. So then what do you do? And then you got to go back. So it's just that finding uh, the balance and they don't really, they don't tell you that, you know, in school, that's, that's what the training life yeah, is. So I think that's spot, where, yeah. yeah, some get burned out and they don't try to push through. So it's like, it's easier just to go work for somebody else. Right. Because you don't, you don't have to set, mm. you know, you're there, you get paid no matter what, um, you know, you're, you've, you don't have to go recruit clients or this and that. So I think sometimes it's, it's a, a hard reality uh, for some, but then it's also, uh, you know what you don't want to do. You don't want to work that eight to five or whatever it is and have to report to management or mm -hmm. beyond calls that are, in my opinion, I thought were meetings that were pointless and things like that. So there's the good and bad with it, right? Yeah. So what type of clients do you like to work with kind of driving into that? So, so once you start to build your own reputation, your own business, are you able to kind of get, clients that map with what the way you want to work they able to get clients where it works out where maybe you're not doing the shifts that are not optimal for you but you find clients that can fit like what you the way you want to work and the way they want to work yeah i would say it's definitely possible but it didn't t it took me oh man it took me probably four years to figure that out so I went into it as like more of a sports performance uh, business because I played small college football and I was like, I'm going to train all athletes. This is going to be great. I'm going to make a lot of money. And then I spent my, spent a lot of my time sitting around trying to figure out what I was going to do all day because, you know, kids go to school, right? So you work either early in the morning and then you work mm -hmm. after school hours. Um, so I, I pivoted my business uh, probably three and a half years ago to where I work with mainly adults, uh, 45 and up. And then I like 90% of what I do. And then the other 10% is sports performance. And that was a little struggle for me because I was like, oh, I mean, I like working with kids. I like, you know, helping kids get to college to play sports, but I was also like, I also need to, you know, make a career out of this. So um, we, we specialize with um, orthopedic injuries uh, as far as what we do. Um, so we're looking at the 45, 50 and up who have done, um, you know, they might've been hardcore worker outers or they've hurt themselves doing something around the house, just trying to get them back on their feet. So, um, that's what we specialize in as far as, uh, getting people back, losing weight, feeling better, having more energy, but also kind of living life pain-free. And I think that's, um, you know, man, I find that everywhere because I think more, it's more like how high can your heart rate get? How much can you sweat? Um, but we, we kind of take a different approach with that. So yeah. that's kind of where we sit as far as who we work with. And it took a long time because, you you know, you have all these, um, I guess, ideas or people you think, man, me, 30-year-olds would be great because, you know, they're, they're getting in the workforce. They're probably kind of fit. So they're going to be super easy to work with. Well, I found that, I mean, I'm 37, that those that are, you know, 50 and under are super inconsistent. Um, and they may stick with you for a while <laughs> and they may, you know, stop. Um, but those that are 50 and up are like kind of the, yeah, the, the 50 and up are kind of the long-term clients. They appreciate it. They, they don't want to wake up and have their knees hurt, shoulders hurt, neck hurt. So they, they show up uh week in and week out, yeah. even though it may not be the toughest of workouts, but they feel, they feel better. 
Um, and so that's kind of where I found the bread butter as far yeah. as who we, who we work with that. So it did take a while. I mean, it's kind of, it takes oh, you, you, you can always, you can always change it, but it's all, that little counter. In. Yeah. Yeah. So you can yeah. always change it, but it's like, but what it's weird because you would have uh, thought the younger people. Yeah. So it, 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 I tried that for a little while and I was like, Oh, it's, yeah, it's kind of frustrating because they were all on board and they're like all off board and not, not to, you know, crack on that. Cause there's people my age, they <laughs> like to jump from, you know, fitness program to fitness program sometimes because it's what's the latest thing or what's the newest thing. And that's fine. It's everybody has their own um, yeah. idea of what health and fitness is, but that's kind of where I stuck with like the 15 older um, crowd. So it's, it's a that's sweet spot right now. I think it's, I think what, what's happened with the, with the world is like the younger people are kind of into this kind of social media world where it's like the latest thing is like a fad or it's like, so they jump around yeah. because like the way your phone is tied to you. And so I think the older people have kind of like, you know, they, they kind of like, well, you know what? I don't have to do that. Cause they're kind of like mm-hmm. more secure in themselves in terms of what I find with older people, you know, 50, you know, and up is that they, they've kind of gone through things like that. And they're like, you know, I want to be serious. Like I want to, I want to be, they're more determined to be present and actually show up where other people they can kind of get where the wind blows because you know they're again drawn to so many things and they don't know how to say no and they haven't kind of built that up where with wisdom means with age you get a little more wisdom sometimes and you get the focus like i'm actually going to finish that book i'm actually going to do this because i want to go hiking and i want to go biking and i want to not feel my rheumatoid arthritis (laughs) and i want to control my diabetes (laughs) it's like so i'm going to be consistent (laughs) <laughs> yeah i would agree with that 100 percent because it's uh there's so much out there that um i mean i get questions every day of like what do you think about this what do you think about that and i'm like well you know some of these things haven't changed in 100 years it's just you can interpret it in a bunch of different ways so if you talk to one person they're gonna tell you it's great and if you talk to another person they may tell you it's bad so it's like up for you to decide what's good and what's going to be uh, beneficial for you so um i agree with that 100 percent. social media is at a Huge influence, and uh, some of my, I would say, 50 and olders, um, they have Facebook, and if you talk to those that are under 50, some they're like, "What is that?" You know, so um, they're all <laughs> on the Instagram or the TikTok. So it's the latest, latest and greatest exercise yeah, routine yeah. or uh, well, they're all you know, diet. <laughs> it really is real challenge. Like, like, oh, like, can I do that? You know, 90 second real challenge, and they're focused on that. Where somebody else is like, "Well, I want something that's consistent." And also you start getting into the mindset of like somebody's more holistic, right? So I mm-hmm. guess when I, when you're talking about fitness, is it also about nutrition? It's about like balance. You know, do you take in account those things where sometimes people say, well, I'm just going to do these exercises and ignore nutrition, ignore other parts of the, like the whole like picture, like all the legs of what it would take to be, you know, because I would think that, that that your nutrition and your you know your habits and your sleeping and all these other things come into come into play, right? Yeah, they all do, and everybody's a little bit different. So we try to approach um, everybody. I don't say it's kind of their own um, kind of legs of health and fitness. You've got some that um, we try to take the the whole approach, but there's some that want to break the leg off the table per se and just say, "Hey, I don't want to." I don't want to stretch. I just want to do strength training. And then I want to, I want to work on eating my vegetables and drinking more water. And then there's some that like, they want the total package. And there's some that's like, I don't, don't talk to me about nutrition. I'm like 75 and I'm going to eat what I want. I'm going to drink what I want. The reason I'm here is so I can do that. Right. So, (laughs) which, so we try to take that approach, but it's just the the different, um, you know, the time of where people are in life, you know, like I I work most of the travel. So, yeah, different mindsets. And so they're like, well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm here to get stronger, uh, prevent my joint pain. And if I stretch great, if not, then that's on me. Right. Uh, but then there's others that kind of get the total package buy-in mm-hmm. where they're like, let's do everything. And that's where our, our total approach is. I mean, our whole, from, from when they walk into, you know, every session they have, I mean, we're working on coaching them on, you know, just small things, not, not to like hit them over the head with meal plans, but you know, how was your, How's your eating been this week? I know you're busy. You're 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 driving people 
to appointments or you're, you're traveling a lot this week, like what can we do better? And we try to talk it that way and just give other little, you know, tidbits and pointers on that. Cause you know, everybody has their own way of eating and their own um, things they like and don't like. So it's very hard uh, sometimes to say, this is specifically what you should do. Um, Cause in, in the past you can do that. And now I would do that. And they look at it and kind of laugh in my face, right? Like I'm not doing that. That's crazy. <laughs> So just just finding the uh, <laughs> what what yeah what approach is yeah. going to work for each individual, individual person right yeah and, and that's what's been mo- the most yeah. helpful because it's like an individual uh, in like a, what I've talked to yeah so it's individualized for yeah them, I mean what I've talked you know, to others it, yeah yeah I agree okay. but I guess like what I'm saying is like a lot of life coaches um, you know what I've seen you know, it's not a one size fits all. Like what, what seems sure. to happen is like individual, um, the individuality of people is starting to be like the primary thing that people are looking for, where it used to be like, I'm a child of the seventies. Everybody thought they could fit in a box. So I, oh, I, yeah. everybody can do this and it's going to work for everybody where everybody now is like, well, customized plans to who I am as an individual seem to be more like the thing. Is, is that what you find? Yeah, it is. And there's there's a, a few of those um, kind of – there's probably a lot that fit in the same box. It's just you're going to make some modifications or some slight changes. Um, so it's – you know, there, there's some people that are, I would say, five steps behind everybody else, but then there's others that are way advanced. So you're just going to have to uh, modify and, and plug and play where where it tends to be the best fit for people. Um, so we're, yeah, yeah. The, the, the one size fits all program is what I would say probably more for your larger group stuff. Um, things we don't really focus on. Mm -hmm. We focus on like four to six people. So you're getting individualized training with, I would say like six of your closest friends, right? We're all there to get healthier. We're all there to get better. And so we're going to do it together. We're just going to be doing slightly different things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good approach because it's my like a micro approach rather than like you know why somebody will probably come to a uh, a more customized personal trainer is because they don't want that like in a group of like a hundred people all doing the same thing because they found that they what yeah. doesn't work for them they they want something that's more personal and uh you know actually going to speak to them and plus somebody that actually knows where you are like you do an assessment and you say hey this person is five steps behind or this person five steps ahead so i can go do this with this person out the toolkit instead of like making them everybody start at the same spot like everybody started at the same yeah. spot like, well i'm i'm not really there <laughs> yeah well you get to where some some are like well this is too easy for me and sometimes i just um i have, i have to say like that's that's great i want it to be easy so that way we can do more advanced stuff so if it's easy now, just just to, uh, you know, just wait till it gets harder because it's going to get harder. But we've got to start somewhere with it, right? Based on the evaluations mm-hmm. and kind of putting you in mm-hmm. in one uh, kind of bucket as far as where you are. So, um, you know, don't be fooled by the easiness because it does get harder down the road. <laughs> so, do you have any success stories you can tell, and maybe talk about um, like how that like works with your marketing so do you like look at your success stories and help use that to help um push your marketing or you know vice vice versa like maybe you can talk about those stories yeah so i I like to get to where um i'll take you know it's it's easier for me to get more uh success stories from my athletes uh they love to be on camera and they love to talk and, and share kind of what they've accomplished and i want them to I want them to do that because it's something that uh, sometimes they come in with little confidence and not really sure what to expect, but just kind of see them talk about their achievements, what they've accomplished, not only in the weight room, but maybe it's on the basketball court or the baseball field or something that, you know, it could have been a limiting factor before not, you know, hitting the ball very far to now hitting four home runs. Um, I definitely use those as far as a marketing push. And so what I do for that is I pay for that directly. And then I, I give it to them as kind of a thank you gift as far as training with me. And so I will um, give it to the kids. I'll send it to the kids, but I'll also send it to the parents. 
uh, for that. And mm-hmm. nothing more exciting than having like a little highlight video of your kid working out and explaining why, why they're so excited to be there. Um, I do the same thing with my uh, adults um, with that. So um, I have found that uh, depending on the person, uh, uh, my adults are very timid and shy of being on camera. They're not really sure what to say, which is fine. There's not for everybody, <laughs> but those who those who are are usually my biggest kind of spokespeople uh, for mm-hmm. for the gym itself. Um, I would say for one, there's a, a gentleman on my website. Uh, he's uh, been turned to me for probably 10 plus years. He's a former NFL running back. Um, he's had plenty of injuries over the years from uh, meniscus repair to, uh, you know, uh, weight gain, high blood pressure to a ruptured Achilles uh, to a lot of different things. And so the biggest thing for him is I've, I've pushed him to be better and how he can, um, he looks now, like he always says in the videos, he looks like he can still play NFL football. And that's kind of mm-hmm. a thing for him is like he, he shows up, he still puts in the work and everybody that sees him thinks that he's, he's still an athlete in his mind. Right. And that, and that's the biggest thing, biggest reward. And, um, you know, it's always fun to hear that. And there's, um, another kind of big one. I've got a, uh, successful business, uh, kind of entrepreneur guy who does, um, Krav Maga that's Israeli fighting self-defense. And so he tore his, He's torn his ACL. That's where I met him. Uh, he tore his labrum in his shoulder, you know, got super overweight and just kind of blah feeling, you know, kind of, I don't say depressed, but wasn't really doing anything. And so um, he's on there to where he's back now. Um, I don't see he's not competing, but he's the owner of the business, but he's also back in there um, as much as he can be. He's training three days a week uh, now with me, um, there's others, a uh, lady's lost 60 pounds in the matter of like two years and 40 inches. And she's a hairstylist. Uh, she's a very successful hairstylist. She stands on her feet all day. Um, and she's always talking to people. So she's sharing her story with just about everybody who sits in her chair, right? That's the biggest form of marketing yeah, you can have yeah, people who love what you do and can, and share, share their success. Cause they've known her you know, maybe for years of cutting their hair and then it's now they're coming back going, man, something's different about you. You look happier. You look like you're moving better. You're feeling better. Like, tell me more. And she, you know, they, she sent me plenty of referrals. So I think that's the biggest thing you can utilize for marketing is successful testimonial videos that not only you can put on your uh, social media, but I use it as like ad running for ads and things like that with copy. So oh, people wow. see it's real people w- with real results. Right. Not just me so talking. So you run about those, I get them to, sh- I get them to share about so it. You, mm, so do you run those ads like on TV or print or social media? How, where do you put them? I I run. I've never done TV or uh, print. It's more uh, just like a um, kind of I call it no like and trust on a social media. So it's Facebook and Instagram. So it's uh, mm-hmm. you know maybe a little tidbit about. Um, that person, their success. And then it's, you know, run it for a dollar or two a day with, um, you know, a click back link to our program. So people can find more, more information. Um, I think with so much out there, as far as like cold traffic, people don't know who you are. I think it's a great way to maybe get more people in front of you that may not know, or they've heard about you, but they're not really sure. So having those real people, real results, and just them sharing from, kind of their heart i mean because you get kind of people get emotional on those videos right it's not that you're yeah. it's not intentional they're just they really get to where they're um sharing their feelings and um sharing their results and i think people can kind of connect with that yeah i think it's very authentic when you if you have a you know word of mouth from another business person and you've given a couple of examples of business people like the hairdresser or somebody that has another business and then they openly give you that word of mouth. That's gold. You know, that, that, that can work better than anything. Like if you get people that are willing to actually speak out and, and, and mm-hmm. give you that personal referral, then you have like their, you know, repeat customer that bringing in another re- customer that becomes a repeat customer. That's kind of like the basis of what I've talked to a bunch of opera- entrepreneurs is like the cost of trying to get new customers versus having somebody that's a, loyal customer that's given referrals and bringing in, you know, additional customers who are going to stay with you. So I think that, that, 
that's a really good sign that when you've got people that that are you know with you for for a, a period and can speak to your services and tell people like yeah it changed my life you know it, it it it's helping me right now you can see it you can feel it and then that that's more authentic than anything that you can kind of put out there from an actor you know if you you go get somebody actors say hey versus yeah. somebody that actually is really funny <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just more uh, it's more it's a more of a connection uh, for that, and you're going to get those um, you know paid paid leads, but that's called traffic, right? So it's better to get it from a I'll say a warm lead, where it's somebody that's talked to somebody who's noticed something, or you know I I have a current one right now who was um, she hasn't done a video, but she was bedridden for about three years with lupus and uh, arthritis or um, a lot of joint pain and discomfort and now it's six months into it. And man, she's told, I feel like everybody she's even talked to about how the training itself has changed her life. And, um, you know, she's got a, a list of running people that she's, you know, told me about that they're going to come see me. It's just a matter of when, right. Yeah. That's always a, a, a good feeling. That's really awesome. Cause, um, I, th- I think a lot of people, sometimes they get so caught up in, and, and, and today the world, it's so, so, you know, maybe not conducive to doing things that are good for you. People get stuck mm-hmm. into things that are like unhealthy habits and trying to get into, you know, at least getting into fitness and getting into understanding your body, like knowing when like your body is telling you something. And and, and it's like when you get to a personal performance trainer, like you guys are, are listening to your bodies, you know, if you're injured, you know what to do. If, if you have an injury, how to come back. So maybe you can kind of talk about that kind of rehabilitation or, you know, at least understanding when you need to reach out to somebody that beyond yourself, you know, that you have to actually find out like, what do I need to do to get back? You know, after I have like a, an Achilles, uh, you know, an injury or some kind of uh, issue, uh, uh, torn tendon or something like, how do, how do you, you know, maybe you can talk about that, that whole process. Cause maybe people don't understand. Like, how do you come back from these things? Yeah. So I, I would say the biggest thing is, is like, once you have those injuries is like be compliant with your physical therapy because it's the biggest number one kind of contender is people think after like 10 visits, they feel like they can just go do whatever they want to. And then, you know, five years later, they're in excruciating pain because they didn't do their physical therapy. So that'd be the first thing to do, uh, finish your visits. And then, uh, I would say I'm kind of the complimentary factor of like, what's next? Like a lot of people will go back and do the same thing they were doing in the gym. And it's really not conducive to your, to your injury. Um, I mean, I've, I had reconstructive elbow surgery five years ago and there's uh, plenty of things I'd love to do, but I just can't do them anymore because I don't have the range of motion. So you kind of have to listen to your body and say, all right, is this, is this going to be worth it in the, in the, in the next 15 years or do I need to, you know, do something different. And I think yes. what gets most people with that is they're doing the, they do the same old thing all the time. And so it's not till, you know, four, maybe two or three things start to hurt where they want to seek extra advice or they're just not getting the results they want. So that's where, uh, you know, I would come into play either post therapy visits or you're just like run out of options of what to do. So, you know, if you're coming from therapy, my biggest, um, kind of um connection on that is to one bring you in and if you're ready to sign up i'm going to reach out directly to your physical therapist reason why is i want to be on the same page as far as what you've been doing and what we want to do moving forward so that way we're not going to put you in a position to re-injure yourself or to um you know put yourself back into physical therapy for the second time so i think that's the biggest thing that could be helpful for some people is to one kind of build that team around you, whether it's your physical therapist, your, your trainer, your nutritionist, your chiropractor, whoever you use for to kind of your health and fitness, you've got to all be on the same page to kind of uh, live that long-term lifestyle as far as that. Cause if we're all speaking different languages and doing different things uh, you know, it may not be tomorrow, but eventually something's going to be kind of out of whack. So um, I would say that's the biggest thing. Build your team around like-minded people who are going to be on the same page with stuff to get you back where you need to be. Cause if not, it's going to be, you're going to be paying a lot of money for therapy, a lot of money for uh, training. And you're just going to be in a kind of a, a full circle doing the same old thing all the time. And you're not going to get much, much results with it. Well, it makes a lot of sense to have that communication. I think that's, that's really important. 
that, that you have coordination and communication. And it's kind of like, you know, if you think about some people, like they don't talk about, like they don't tell their doctor, they don't tell somebody what's really mm -hmm. going on. Like, so if, if you're not being honest with your therapist or your trainer and you're not telling them that you're actually having pain, right? And you're not, and you're not actually saying what the issue is, it's like, well, how is anybody going to know if you can't be honest, right? So then so I think that you have to be at this point where you can actually relay what is accurately going on. So you have to know how to read your own body, right? So you, is that something you have to teach people how to realize like, oh, that you understand your limitation, like you were talking about your range of motion and somebody might be like a denial of that. So how do you deal with somebody that oh, is not being, being, you know, truthful about what's really going on? Maybe you can see it. You'll probably yeah. see it. But. Yeah. Well, sometimes, sometimes they hold it back way after the fact and you're like, well, how long has this been going on? They're like, oh, for the last month and a half. So it's like easy. I'd say it's easier to kind of nip it uh, right off the bat and trying to get the assistance you need, whether it's from, trainer itself or refer out to get further assistance to kind of reduce that pain and discomfort. Cause if you let it linger and go on a long period of time, it's going to take longer to get back where you want to be to feeling better. Um, and I've no, I've, I've had a few of those where it's like, you know, my hamstring hurts and it's causing pain. Well, we've tried a few things, you know, go get a cortisone shot. Well, sometimes that's what people want to do to kind of mask it, to get the inflammation down, which is, which is okay. Um, but if it's continuing to hurt three and four months down the road, like we need to go get it checked out because something else is going on. So um, I, I will refer out to those and then uh, try to get a game plan once they've had seen the physician or orthopedic, whoever they go to, to kind of say, all right, this is what they think's going on. Or this is exactly what's going on to kind of get that game plan. Cause people don't want to tell you they're hurt because they feel like they're going to have to do less and their strength is going to go down. But I always say there's always things we can do it just may not be what you really want to do right now. So we can still exercise mm -hmm. and get your movement in and, and, and be strong. We just might be getting stronger in uh, other areas that you're not really efficient in right now. So I, I think that's the biggest thing, like clip it quick. If you're hurt and you're in pain and it's lasting longer than two weeks, like go figure it out. Cause it's only going to get worse. Yeah. That, that's an important thing. I think I, we've talked about that in a lot of different areas but um, it's important to kind of, you know, really understand where you are in anything that you do. Yeah. Um, and uh, one of the other things I was wondering, like, how could you, like, maybe top three things you could talk to uh, other aspiring trainers, like things like like you learned, like when you get into it. Like, so if we kind of step back and say, what well, maybe what are the top three things you can offer to somebody that's like an aspiring trainer? what what they could do to kind of maybe avoid pitfalls yeah i would say um first thing is try to figure out who exactly you want to work with and we always say pick your uh your niche or your niche who you want to work with but i say sometimes it's ever evolving so you got to figure that out first because if not you'll be training anybody and everybody and there's going to be people you really like and there's going to be people you really don't want to work with but you do it because you ha have to make some kind of income so um, you'll get to a point where you can uh, kind of just work with exactly the people you want to work with and uh, may not be in a year, maybe five years down the road, but it can eventually happen as long as you have kind of a plan in place. Um, two, I would say um, find you a good accountant, somebody mm. who can uh, help you along the way. Uh, that's one thing I was not real keen on and um, um my own experience was saving for things and then had to pay out a large sum of uh, tax money for that. It was kind of a shock and um, uh, kind of a kick in the gut as far as business goes. So just finding out what to, what to put back and what to spend. Uh, so somebody with some little uh, guidance, because if not, you're going to be at the end of the year, it's going to be tough for you to probably come back from uh, paying your taxes overall. Uh, and three is just, um, I would say, uh, find find a schedule you like to work and stick to it. Um, and that's that was always hard for me. I've just gotten to where um, I've kind of built a small team. So there's things that there's hours I have to work just because that's where we are right now as the business. But there's also um, hours I don't ever want to work. And that's 
you know, because I take my kids to school or I've got pick up or drop off or I've got sports stuff. So there's things that you need to set those boundaries because clients will walk all over you and they will walk all over your schedule if you're not uh, uh, careful with that. And you may say that'll never happen to me, but it's going to happen because sometimes clients think you have this open availability and you never, you don't train anybody else but them. Um, so you have to kind of set that guardrail up of like, this is when we're training. This is what I have available. And you need to say no to a lot of things. Do you have um, like in your industry fitness, like associations or conventions that you go to to learn about the latest things that you get involved with like a, a group of other fitness um, professionals and, and, and kind of talk, talk to the trade or learn the latest things that you do you guys do do, do do you have any kind of experience with that i don't go to so much of the associations but um as far as like what um i've learned or what i do i'm part of like a fitness business um everybody calls them masterminds or a group of fitness business is um entrepreneurs all around the u.s and some are overseas so like meeting with them uh, quarterly or having mentors to kind of say, Hey, this is where we think things are going. This is what you should maybe look for. Uh, I think those are um, big things that people should uh, do. Um, it's an investment and you sometimes you have to invest in those things to learn more about what you uh, need to do more or less of. And so I think that's, I, I didn't join one of those or do one of that. I've been in it for five, I think six years. So like the first two years I was kind of just, running amok, not really sure what I wanted to do. So I think those things are helpful, but also going mm -hmm. to like live events, live events are good too. I haven't done like the big associations in a long time, but just learning some of this stuff you already know, but it's good to hear it again. You may pick, pick up one or two little things that you forgot about, or you might want to implement in your training sessions um, that could make those a lot better. So I do think those are helpful and you should attend at least one or two of those. Every so often, you know, just to stay fresh, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever thought of doing like a mastermind type of thing, like on the net, like do a like a YouTube ma mastermind, like uh, on a webinar? Or have you have you thought about that kind of aspect? Or have we been more focused on the actual day to day business and maybe not in that space? Uh, not so much in that space. I mean, I, I talk kind of directly with like my friends who are in the area of different things, but, um, you know, everybody has their reasons for why they do things. So mine's more of sticking in the, um, realm as far as what I'm doing. I say in order for me to, I need a few more years under my belt before I do anything like that. But I'm mm -hmm. still, I'm st still new to the, um, ownership entrepreneurship. And there's things that I do, I'm really well at, and there's things that I'm not, not good at. I'm pretty bad at. So, until I can maximize and do better at those things. And I have no reason to start a mastermind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. But maybe, maybe on a, like a, like a, yeah, let a low, maybe a local level, like just some local gym owners that maybe need a little bit of a inspiration or uh, help. Yeah. And that's those. Side well, of like things, a right? mentorship, really like a mentorship program. Cause you've been doing it for such a long, maybe there's like younger people you could get into like, yeah. you know, mentorship, like other, other entrepreneurs or, trainers or you know, you know in terms of also even like when you find your employees like how do you find your employees how do you um find people who are fitness trainers like how do you, do you put things on linkedin do you have a way to find um you know workers for your for your business yeah so um the first one i had was a actually my brother knew him uh he was he's a local college student but he was looking for an internship so I think internships are a good way to find find uh, employees. If you you know if they're a good fit or not, you'll know during the internship. You don't have to hire them right off the mm. bat, but it's a good way to find out kind of their um, kind of drive to work, or they're you know motivated, or they're you know they're going to show up on time and do the work and those things. So it's a good auditing session, I guess, during that maybe three month or four month internship. Um, but the other ways, um, I've tried LinkedIn, I've tried other ways. And, um, for me, it just wasn't, wasn't a good fit. So I just asked my clients to be honest with you. Sometimes oh, okay. they've got people, friend, you know, friends or family. And so the, the, the last hire I had was a, a, a client of mine. She's been training with me for three years. 
Um, she knew um, she drives for a retirement home. So she drives people to their appointments and there was a, they have an onsite fitness um, center for the um, uh, people who live there on site. So there was a uh, trainer there who uh, she knew that maternity leave was coming up. So her time was going to be cut shorter or she was going to be, you know, less hours. So she literally just came into the gym one day with a folder uh, vanilla or manila folder and was like, Hey, I got something for you. And I was like, what is this? I thought it was like, you know, maybe a script or a doctor's note or something. And she handed me a resume and said, I've got somebody for you. And man, I, I'll tell you what, it's been, a, it's been great. It's probably been the, the best two people I could find just people that knew and uh, clients love them. And uh, it's always good to know that, you know, everybody's always looking out for you. You just, sometimes you just have to ask. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's through email, email too, or social media I've done and I've gotten names before, but no one's contacted me back. So um, sometimes you just have to look inside your inner circle and figure out um, somebody knows somebody who knows somebody else. Right. Yeah. I mean, sometimes that's interesting. Yeah. Sometimes your clients like end up becoming your workers, like you say, or sometimes they, they you know, somebody yeah. that knows somebody There's like that kind of closer network. That because uh, you have all these like tools, and sometimes those tools don't work, and so you have to kind of find what works, especially when you're you're building your own brand. You like, like branding, mm-hmm. you know. So many people today, you know, have their own brands, and they're not. It's not always going to be like the one size fits all. These some of these services don't actually have the connection that you feel comfortable because like people are looking for like trusted relationships. That's why I think is like you want somebody that say, I don't know about this system because it's like, I don't know. I don't know who this person is. You know, you want yeah. to find somebody that's more of like a, a personal human relationship that you can kind of understand. Like, was this person going to work or not? Rather than just looking at the piece of paper. <laughs> but um, yeah. So maybe yeah, the, the whole story about how you got into the industry is really interesting. It's like, it's like it was a passion. You, you, you pushed on it. You wanted it and you, you found it and you you do you feel um that, that that the way you got into this industry uh the, is there another way you thought you could have done it is there a way maybe you could talk about like the how you found yourself in 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 the position you're in now would you have thought of a different way to do it or you would have just l- wanted it to happen the way it did um i don't know because i was I guess way before the kind of um, fire getting fired, I was always, I was looking for a new job anyway. So it just kind of, kind of had to happen. Right. I really didn't have an option. It was either find another corporate job or see if this would work. And so I, I think it's kind of trial by fire. It was, you know, the worst timing, but uh, also the best decision. Um, Cause not only, I mean, I didn't really know if it would work. Uh, no one does, right? So it's just kind of putting forth the effort, energy, and staying consistent. I think that's what really helped me because, I mean, a year and a half into it, I was I was kind of done. Uh, I didn't really know. It was like it was a lot of work, a lot of energy wasted. I felt and just things weren't really, um, you know, going the way you think. And I would say this is the – the thought process, I think some people is, um, I've got a, I've got a gym and I'm a trainer. So people are going to just show up and I'm going to have all this money and all these clients. Well, I'll tell you what, that doesn't work. Doesn't happen. You've got to, you've got to go actually, you know, make a name for yourself, build relationships, you know, be, be a part of the community and do things, uh, network and shake hands and do all kinds of stuff uh, with people for it to work out. And so, um, you know, it's, I would say, I would say it wasn't lucky, but it just um, putting my head down and doing the work that a lot of people don't want to do to, to make it work. is kind of where it got me to right now. So, yeah, it's that, that kind of fire in the belly of um, kind of having that opportunity because it kind of, it presented itself because you, they, it's that kind of trial by fire. As you said, as I talked to a lot of entrepreneurs that found themselves in the seat they're in, because of something like that, they like, Oh, it, it, mm-hmm. like they had, they, they was going to be do or die. You had to do it. And it, like that kind of drives it that you, you, you have to, you put the passion in, you put the passion in work. Plus it's, it's something that you really believe in and you really want to do. 
then you your passion starts to you know be infectious it's like the law of attraction like if you oh, are sure. really into it right then people feel like well he's he's a he, he is this he's a fitness guy that's it that that's it so when i go to him that's what he is that's why that's what i'm looking for so right you become that yeah and it's funny you say the law of attraction you if you um i would say like like attracts like um that's the type of um I guess the way I present myself is the type of people I want to um, kind of bring into the facility as well. And it just kind of just so happened like that everybody who is coming to the gym is kind of the, the right person. Right. And I say the right person mm-hmm. is like, they're, they're fun to work with. They're energetic. They get along with everybody. And it's like mostly I want a community feel. And I feel like I've, I've gotten to the point where, it's become more of a community feel um, clients are going on like two week long trips overseas with people. They're hanging out outside of the workouts. They're um, oh, you know, I've got some of my, yeah. And some of the, even like some of my college kids come to support my kids. My kids are younger, they're athletes. Uh, so they'll come to their event. So it's, it's kind of a um, kind of a cool thing. Once you kind of get the plan in place and things start to work in work in your favor. It's like that neighborhood business, you know, it's like the chamber of commerce, like main street kind of mentality of like, you know, it's that, that, that feels like, yeah, they, this, this business is part of the community and then people get tied mm-hmm. to it and they, you know, they know it like the barbershop, you know, your, your fitness gym yeah. becomes iconic like that. It becomes something that's like the barbershop people go and they talk even when they get the haircut, mm-hmm. but they talk, it's like, a, it's a connection. It's like a meeting place. If your if your business becomes that kind of socially, you know, you know, tied to the community meeting place where it's like, yeah, we have friends here with people. We know here, the people like, I know their kids. I know, I know this person. I know that person. We hang out together after then, then you start to really get a, a vibe. And I think that's what you want with any business. You want that vibe where people say, yeah, I want to go there. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's kind of where uh, we're, we're getting there. It's gotten, gotten pretty close to where I want it to be. And it's, it's kind of that uh, people where people may not be having the best of days, but when they show up, they've got a, they've had a better day once they leave. Right. So it's just, mm-hmm. uh, they want to be there. They want, they want to, uh, they may not want to work out, but they're going to work out because, you know, their, their friends there, or, you know, the friends coming in after them. So they want to show up because if not, uh, we're, we're going to ask about them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this has been a great, great um, kind of uh, uh, picture of, of the, the kind of business that, that we like to talk about. We like to promote people's, you know, um, adventures on this podcast. We like to take, um, you know, people maybe people don't know about or their, their ideas or their, what their services are. And I think you've presented a really interesting picture of like fitness and how, how it can connect. And I, I hope people will continue, will click on premierperformancetrainer.com and check you out and, you know, see what you have to offer. And, uh, and it brings you more, more customers and more people with that, that experience what you bring to the table. I want to thank you again for being on the podcast. Uh, it was, it's a, it's a, I love to have uh, different p- points of view. So I love uh, the fact that you were on our show today. I appreciate it. And I hope you have a good rest of the day. Man, I appreciate it. It's been it's been, been fun, and uh, hope somebody took away something and they can implement it in their life or their uh, their business. So I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good day. You too.